Oh, grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, dear friends, as uh, people try to reenact the crucifixion, as they, they try to perhaps share it with us through a film or the movie industry, they often run into the problem where not a lot of action is really taking place. And because the, the scene is simply our Savior hanging upon the cross, uh, he's uh, having moments of agony, he certainly is suffering, but again, where's the action? And so they began to turn to other means, other ways to try to, to get us involved, other ways to tell the story of our Savior's suffering and death. They will perhaps key upon the, the scene where uh, he's being beaten by the soldiers and a crown of thorns is a thrust upon his head because, well, there is some action taking place. And although it's horrendous that our Savior would be treated in such a way, yet the crown of thorns is not the cross. Other authors, other filmmakers have made a great deal about Jesus being flogged by Pilate. We heard in our text for this evening that Pilate mentioned several times, he is not worthy of death. I will simply punish him and let him go. And so we observe some modern films where that perhaps becomes the, the height of the story. There is Jesus being whipped and there is a great amount of blood and gore. And perhaps we think to ourselves that this was where the suffering all took place. But once again, dear friends, the flogging of Christ was not the cross. The Apostle John especially mentioned that as Jesus arrives at the place of crucifixion, his garment that was made of one piece, it was knit around a kind of a, a mannequin, kind of a, a dummy with a very skillful set of hands to make it all of one piece without seam. That that undergarment of our Lord was gambled for. You see, when Jesus arrives at the place of crucifixion, it's not a blood-soaked rag caked with gore, but rather his garment is something held to be of value. Something that people would throw dice for. Something they wanted to take with them to their homes. <clears throat> 
You see, Jesus is not horribly crippled. He is not horribly maimed. He is not having blood cascading from his body when he arrives at the cross. But no, it is the cross where his suffering, where his death takes place. Now certainly all of these events leading up to this point, they were humiliating. They were without excuse. They were horrible. They were unconscionable. They were terrible attempts upon our Savior to strip him of of self-esteem or to injure his ego or to hurt his very soul. But dear friends, our Lord and Savior arrives through these terrible trials, still intact, still the Savior of the world. It is the cross that takes his earthly life. It is the cross that is the height of his suffering. It is the cross that we remember here on this evening. Our Savior thrown down to the ground, uh, nails placed within the palms of his hands into the ankle bones of his feet and hammered into place. He, being a human being as you and I are, experiences that pain just as we would. He, being suspended then above the crowd, experiences that agony as the nails, the spikes rip into his flesh. And he, the man of God, calls out, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Never have the Roman soldiers heard of the like of this. Uh, certainly, as hardened men, they've heard cursing and swearing. They've heard great profanity coming from the mouths of those being crucified. They, they've heard empty threats. They've heard all matter of bad language. And here the Son of God puts himself above all the rest. Father... Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And then the hours begin to go by. For an action film, really not much is happening. As we try perhaps to tell a wonderful story, what is it that we can say that our Savior is dying. A slow and agonizing death as he hangs upon the cross, it's very difficult to breathe in that position. People in this situation, they they must flex the muscles of 
their legs to raise themselves up that they might draw a breath. But of course, because a spike has been driven through their ankles, that causes great agony in their feet. And so with great agony, they lift themselves, they they, uh, breathe in, they uh, sink back down because of the great pain in their feet. But now the hands, again, with excruciating pain, tell them not to do that. But they can't help themselves. They must move one way and then move the other. They they must fight for breath and, and then there is pain. As our Savior goes through this excruciating uh, torment, we're told that uh, the the sack around his heart begins to become inflamed and it begins to uh, fill uh, with fluid. Some of you have had loved ones that go to the hospital with what they call congestive heart failure. That means that there's so much fluid around the heart that it can no longer beat properly. It can no longer pump the blood as it should. And with each contraction, now there's pain with that as well. Our Lord and Savior in the midst of this great agony, this suffering, trying to raise himself up to draw the breath, lowering himself back down for the pain in his feet, the feeling each heartbeat as the pain of the fluid constricting his heart rushes in. He looks at his mother and the beloved apostle John. And and he says, behold your son. And he says to John, behold your mother. Thinking not just of himself, not just of the great pain that he's enduring, thinking of what's going to become of his mom, he hands her over to the disciple that he trusts the most. The only one that's there. The one that shows the courage, the bravery, the one that has always had a good heart. He thinks about his mom. Dear friends, again, in the midst of this agony, we find that he has two thieves, one on either side. And I I don't know about you, but, you know, for for me, if I'm in a good mood and, you know, things are going my way and, and, you know, I've had a good night's sleep and, and I have plenty of food, you know, for for dinner, and then confronted with two sinful, sinful people. I can, you know, probably get through and and even tell them a little bit about the love of Christ, you know? It's just, oh, you know, the things those guys did, they kind of made my skin crawl, but, you know, I'm a, a pastor and I'm supposed to be able to you know, share the good news, right? What about when I didn't sleep so well last night and I kind of have a stomach ache and I kind of have a headache and I'm really not at that good of a 
mood and, and then you know you're confronted with two people that kind of curse and swear and, and they say all kinds of vile things about what they did last weekend and you just kind of maybe want to punch them in the nose you know that's human nature isn't it right, they're, they're creepy guys this one says, you know, that the things that we did, we deserve what we're getting. And you don't even want to think about the things that they did, if this is what they deserve, right? And Jesus looks at, at the, the, the one that's seeking forgiveness. He, he says, you know, your, your sins are forgiven today. You're going to be with me in paradise. Amazing. The agony, he's suffering. He can't get a decent breath. His heart is being constricted. His hands and his feet in terrible agony. Today, you'll be with me in paradise. And then our, our Lord beginning to breathe his last, you know, feeling the, the crushing agony of what's happening to his heart and his chest, not being able to breathe for many hours now, his hands and his feet being torn with each and every movement. He simply says, it is finished. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Again, the, the Roman soldiers, they've never seen anything like this. A person's last moments upon the cross, again, might be that this string of empty threats or this string of terrible profanity. They, you know, as soldiers, they say, well, I learned a few good words at that one. And there's our Savior. The last moments of his life. Not calling down curses from heaven. Not saying that they will be cursed to a thousand generations. Not say it better not even have any kids because your kids aren't going to last through the night. No, he simply says, it is finished. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And he's gone. Now, through the ages, many people have, have argued and say, no, oh, he, he just kind of went into shock, you know. He, he just was kind of overcome by uh, the events of the day. And, and, you know, then they took him down from the cross and they, they laid him in the tomb. He, he wasn't really, really dead. I even had one person come to me at a, a, a time and, and said, you know, I, I kind of wish Jesus had, had been hung. Because then I, I could feel sure they really die. I thought, what? 
Jesus dies upon the cross and, and somehow you're not sure? So, somehow you, you wish he'd been hung by a, a, a rope? What in the world? And it was based on, on that singular conversation that I, I, I took a little money I had set aside and I, I made kind of a, a different purchase because I wanted to be able to share with people you know, just what happened to Jesus at the very end. For you see, Pilate, hearing that Jesus had died, sent one of his trained soldiers to the site of the crucifixion. And we're told that that soldier, he took his spear and he thrust it into the side of our Savior. Now, I don't know for sure that this is, you know, exactly accurate. They claim at the Vatican that they have indeed recovered the original spear that pierced the side of our board. And this is a replica of what they have there in their vault. But nevertheless, you think of this, a, a spear in the hands of a trained soldier. No, the, the soldiers of Rome, they were considered the elite soldiers of the day. They didn't fall asleep on watch because uh, they would be executed. They, they didn't get drunk and try to perform their duties because of the severe punishments they would face. The legions of Rome, they had conquered many civilizations. Uh, they had sent their men that were highly trained into countless battles. And so this man, a trained Roman soldier, came to our Lord and Savior, and he thrust this kind of a spear into his side. You notice it's quite long. And the original, no doubt, was quite sharp. But again, this is just a replica. But if you think of something of this weight and this size, pierced into our Savior's side with a deadly intent in order to make sure that he was dead. See, when Jesus is resurrected and he appears to the disciples and, you know, he says to the disciple Thomas, come and place your hand into my side. Stop doubting and believe. It's because Jesus has a wound in his side that, you know, I could just about put my hand into. 
Our Lord and Savior, after experiencing great agony, he died upon the cross, and this was the test of his death. To despair such as this would pierce his heart. But dear friends, he did it all for us. And that really is the amazing thing, isn't it? You know, some of us, perhaps we would endure a ridicule for another person. You know, if it would help that other person out, you know, you, you might take a, a few verbal slings and arrows, right? You might, you know, submit to, to be mocked and ridiculed. You, you might submit to public humiliation, even, if it would help out that other person. You say, oh, you know, that's always painful, and oh, I, I just don't like to go through things like that, but for you, for you, I, I, I would do it. And, and some, they, they might even, you know, take imprisonment for another person. Now, if it would help that, that person out that they love, if it would help that person's life be better, you know, he maybe would, would say, you know, I, I go to, to jail, you know, for, for a while to, to you know, help my son or daughter even, right? things like that and you say oh man you know you give up your freedom you face no hostile um, consequences in jail and, and you do it for someone else and you know that would be bad and I say well you know a, a quick death now, if it would save my, my son or daughter, you know, if I could, you know, get, get shot and it just would be, you know, shot to the heart or, you know, shot to the, the head, you know, I, I'd go through that. You know, for my son or daughter, I'd, I'd give up my life. You know, if it would mean they could be saved, a, a quick death, I, I, I'd do that. Go home to the Savior, do some good. But Jesus, he does that ultimate sacrifice, doesn't he? Where, yeah, there's the suffering, and there's the ridicule, and there's the, the mocking. His, his reputation is, you know, kind of destroyed, and, and he's treated with, you know, great embarrassment and humility coming upon him. But it doesn't stop there. He goes through this kind of a terrible, lingering death. And even when the death is finished, there are still people that come out of the woodwork and say, boy, I, I wish he would have been killed more violently so I could believe. But the spear pierced his side, proves he was God. He was dead. 
The Apostle John records it was as if a great gout of blood and water poured from his side. Medical journals today tell us that that would be because the spear pierced his heart. And the water that had built up around his heart, it was coming out along with the blood that was within his heart, those two streams of blood and water, because he was God. His heart pierced by the spear. And dear friends, again, as we finish for tonight, as we begin to go back to our homes and on our way, we remember it was for us. It was for our friends. It was for our family members that maybe now seem lost. It was for those who commit great sin and deserve this kind of death. And it was for moms and disciples who were nearly perfect, who did almost everything right. It was for little children yet to be born. It was for old people nearing the ends of their lives. It was so we could go home again. So our sins could be forgiven. So we could be embraced by the Father. Washed clean made new by the sacrifice of Jesus. Amen. May the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds now and always. Amen. Amen.